This is Raw Cut. Welcome to Life Bus. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. Well, science and faith, are they compatible? Today's story unpacks that. So this is Life First, and today we are chatting with Benji. Thanks for coming in onto the show. Thanks for having me, Sarah and Matt. Or is it Matt and Sarah? It doesn't matter which doesn't one. Matter. It's okay. Yeah. We're, we're all equals here. <laughs> but uh, it is good good to have you in. Well, Matt. yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's, so, it's so great to be here. And I'm so excited about what you guys are doing here uh, as well uh, for... Yeah, for the community as well. Thank you. It's good. And good day to our listeners as well. Hello, uh, listeners. Watching wherever. Take us back, Benji, to the start of your life. Where where did life start out for you? So, yes, I, uh, I grew up in Malvern, United Church, or Malvern, um, and uh, that area, and uh, just a average kind of suburban kind of, it was, it was a good childhood. I went to Glenunga High School. Uh, but I grew up in like the 80s, uh, early 90s, and I don't know if you remember that time. It was kind of a scary time. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, of where we are now. If you were a young person growing up, so it's so about 15. I remember, uh, like there was there was Band Aid had happened. Uh, there was that. Do you remember that TV ad about AIDS with the Grim Reaper? Yeah, a bit scary. Uh, you you may be. I am too, 27, so yeah, I you, have can, no you can YouTube idea. it and look at it there. Okay, <laughs> still there. I it's, do know what you're talking there. about. You know what I'm talking about. There's, so there's a Grim Reaper, and he had a, a bowling kind of action. And he bowled all these people. This family just went ah, yeah. falling apart because everyone was going to die of AIDS. And uh, there was also uh, there was all pictures of pollution being spread into the atmosphere and that kind of it was quite a in some ways a fearful environment uh, for, to, to grow up in uh but as a as a uh, teenager i really wanted to be a scientist okay that's what that was my big dream yeah so uh and i've got a prop for this one <laughs> he's brought lots of props in so uh, once again so, uh, this is so an this is like a, a younger einstein you see that's uh-huh. my einstein. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you've got you've an got Einstein that. wig on. Yeah, so E equals MC cubed. That was going to be my big thing. And, and did it? Uh, well, it? well, there, there is a story to that. So okay. uh, I did progress. Can I take this off now? Is that all right? Yeah, you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you, you're like, yeah, yeah. This is actually what my hair looked like when I was a teenager. Really? <laughs> yes, it's, it's a <laughs> you wanted to look exactly it's, like uh, Einstein. No, well, not quite. I just. <laughs> I didn't see the point of cutting my hair and <laughs> doing hair stuff. Anyway. Um, what did your mother think of this? <laughs> One of those kind of like, if someone told me to cut your hair, I probably wouldn't cut my hair. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put on your jumper. No, I'm not going to put on my jumper, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Right. How did that go down? Uh, well, um, by the time I got to like university, I, I had hair that looked like this and all my photos. Thankfully, I couldn't find any to send you guys. Um, <laughs> it looks pretty much like this, and yeah, I, I still I was, was able to dark. get a wife eventually, so <laughs> it was all right. It worked out for me. Well, that, that were dark times, so yes, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll pay that. Let's, okay, yeah. so yeah, science was a uh, so so science science was a big big thing for me. Really loved it. My dad was a scientist, still is it? Well, and you ne- never really take the science out of the person. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I loved loved. Um, I thought. Uh, and a Nobel Prize was, you know, that would that would be a pinnacle of, mm. of my career. I could do that as a, as a young person, maybe. So um, I'm kind of imagining you as like a kid with your dad being a scientist as well, like doing backyard experiments and stuff, or not really. Well, yeah, well, actually, in 
Because you got the hair and everything. So in primary school, (laughs) in year six, for some reason, my teacher uh, had was was a really good leader actually, and got got some of the the students to to um, help teach the whole class. So I would I taught science to my classroom. In fact, to my whole assembly at one stage. Um, So back in the day, Curiosity Show. Do you remember Curiosity Show? Again, yes. YouTube I'm very young, but I, I know. <laughs> you know the concept. Um, so curiosity was a big thing, and I really loved watching that. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I was to do do that kind of stuff in, in the, at school assemblies actually. Um, oh, and okay. and our, yeah, so so it did was it ever go wrong? Thankfully, not. <laughs> I didn't try any explosions. Okay. But, um, okay. Yeah, I I do remember uh, one big. Big thing I was teaching about how uh, you could put a table on top of another table and have all these balloons inside and, and that, that uh, a pocket of air could hold up. So then I got my whole class to stand on top of the table uh, and they were still standing on this this cushion of air. And it actually worked without the balloons popping. And I never really tested my things beforehand. You're just <laughs> supposed to, but thankfully it all worked out. The Curiosity Show books were really... Really well, well tested. Excellent. Yeah. So all of that spurred your love, uh, your, your dad, he you spurred your love for science. Uh, yep, yep. Through school? Through school. Uh, so so throughout that time, uh, really, really, I was quite, quite a, a um, quite loved the science. And then I, I did, a, I got into science. Um, so the third, first year uh, uni at Adelaide Uni to do a science degree, just a basic science degree. That's like a three year kind of thing. Uh, and then I, I didn't quite know. So second year was really hard for me because I, I didn't know what sort of scientist I wanted to become. And second year, if you if you're ever doing science, maybe you're watching this and and you you experience this yourself. In second year, you have to specialize a little bit more. So I'd gone fairly broad before that, but then I had to choose my subjects. And like um, I, most of the subjects I wanted to choose were on top of each other. So I had to really then work out. Okay, I, I, I'll probably end up being a biochemist, which is what I became. Okay. So a geneticist, which brings me to my next prop. So can I take that one off? Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Here's, uh, so okay. Explain a, to us what you are holding. So this is a pair of jeans. Jeans, yeah. genetics. Yeah. Boom. boom. <laughs> yeah, but there's uh, something different in them. Like. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. So so uh, while I was doing second year uni, uh, okay. so I remember in my. Um, it was one of the introductory courses uh, to genetics. I discovered that uh, that the world of science actually has holes in it. The world of genetics has very good, some holes very in it. good. So these are my holy genes. Your genes, the holy genes. Very good, very good. So what I discovered is that uh, they remember that this, the lecturer is saying that basically the point of life is to to pass on your genes. To the next generation. Now, now you're probably not quite the next, but maybe Sarah might be okay. the next. That's that's I'm the whole point of life, youngin, is to pass your genes on <laughs> to the next generation. That makes you feel good, Matt, yeah, that you're does, really does. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and basically, the, the whole point of family and love and nurturing and all that kind of stuff is to make sure your genes are well cared for and looked after, so that they can pass on their genes to the These next generation. These are not well cared for. I got holes in them. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. That's where the analogy falls apart. <laughs> okay, did I get it? Though. Yeah. That's yeah. Really so that, good. Like that really was what good. the point of life was from a, a genetics point of view. And I realized fairly fairly quickly after that lecture that uh, if I was looking for for the the answers to some of the really meaningful kind of questions in life, I wouldn't find them in genetics. Uh, and uh, okay. like, 
because that's that's fairly empty way to live, isn't it? To to think the whole point of life is to pass on your genes to the next generation. That's like, man, surely there's more to to life than having kids and grandkids, and that's that's it. Is, is that all we're designed to be, or that all we've we've evolved to be? Um, and I that night actually, I I remember going uh, sleeping at night, and uh, before I went to sleep, I I opened up my my a Bible that my grandma had given me, and I went okay. I'm not going to find the answers to the meaning of life in in science. Not the not the way that I thought. Um, science does a really good job of the how questions, but not so much the why questions. Okay. So the how of life, you know, how cells work, and 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 it's, you know, it's it's beautiful and it's majestic and it's wonderful. But in terms of finding out why we're here and what our purpose is, and, and uh, why why we why we love and why we have hope and those sorts of things, it's not going to do the job. Uh, it's it's limited. It's like kind of living in a in a cage. You can see the questions out there, but you can't quite get to them. Um, so, so that night, I remember going, okay, perhaps I'm going to find it in religion, or or faith, or some spirituality, or something like that. Uh, and I, uh, and you know, what I said about the Grim Reaper and this sort of sense of fear, um, had that that with me too. And so I got I got this. There was this kind of personal aches that something wasn't right, quite right. There's more to life, and I didn't quite know what it was, and I wasn't going to get it from science. So uh, I opened up my Bible and said. Okay, God, God of the Bible, um, if if you're real, this is your chance. Otherwise, tomorrow I'm going to go to the library and look up the Quran or other things and see what happens. Now, that might be a great thought to pause and yeah. take a break. And yeah. Yeah, what happens next? So uh, mm. big questions, uh, big wrestling. That's and, a really big statement to make. Uh, how old were you? Just quickly. I Sorry, was 19, possibly 20, 19. That's, yeah. that's big. That's yeah. big. Okay, we will be back with more Life Burst straight after this with Matt and Sarah. If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app or you can share this on social media. Welcome back to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Benji. So you said to God, just like, show me if you're real otherwise i'm just gonna go to the library and look at the Quran or something else yeah instead. i did so what um, happened so what happened is i then put out and it wasn't quite this bible this is this but uh i put out an, a bible that my grandma gave me and you know those things that sometimes you hear it like i'm just going to open the bible and see what happens um and what happened and you get told you know don't do that. There's probably better ways to read the Bible and that kind of thing. In fact, you know, I'm a minister now in, in the United Church and I sort of say that myself, but but occasionally it works. So I open up the Bible and what do I find? I find someone asking Jesus this question. He says, uh, what is the most important commandment? And I thought that was a really good question. I thought, okay, in terms of religion, what do I know? I've heard Jesus died to save, my sin, save me from my sins. And I thought at the time, I haven't done anything really bad i've never been you know in jail for anything i've i haven't murdered anyone particularly so um i don't i don't feel like i and if i make a mistake i just try to learn from it and and say sorry move on um so so that that message wasn't connecting with me at the time mm-hmm. uh, different story a bit later um but but that message wasn't connecting so so here is jesus being asked this question what's the most important commandment i thought he was going to answer don't do this, don't do that. Don't. I thought Christianity was a bunch of rules of don't do's. 
um, the Ten Commandments. Which is what so many people think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I was really surprised by his answer. He said, I love God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So sort of three ways of loving. And I I thought at the time, that is a really good answer. That That's like, I, I can't find that kind of answer in in literature, in poetry, in songs, in in science, in other places. But here's this this guy Jesus summarizing, like in my mind, summarizing what the what the whole Christian faith is about. And then, when he says neighbor, does that just mean the person that lives next door to you? Uh, that's no. easy, sort of. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depending well, on who lives neighbor. next door to you. Uh, I don't think you've got a great neighbor. So. <laughs> no. They yeah. watch the show every week. Yeah. So it is it is very easy in some cases, you're right. But uh, I, I, when I heard that, and I did, it, Jesus goes on and talks about it a little bit later, uh, but when I read that at the time, I thought, neighbor, um, if you've grown up watching Sesame Street, mm. your neighbor is everyone. Mm. Okay. Every, everyone on the street is your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole community. I saw it as, you know, love outside yourself. Okay. Um, those who might be friends and those who, who aren't your friends as well, strangers as well. Um, but to... To love, you know, loving God, loving others, and loving yourself as the meaning of life and, and a purpose. I thought that is something I could, I could give my life to, mm. uh, to to try and do that. And that's that's better than anything else I've found anywhere else, uh, in terms of a, a purpose and mission uh, and guidance for myself. So I went, yep, yeah, uh, I'm really excited by that answer. And this is this is an answer that can't come from just human knowledge. There's something special about this this guy Jesus, but I I still didn't believe in God at that stage. So you went to the library the next day. No, I or? flicked on with the Bible. Oh, okay. Okay, flicked on a little bit more. And, and this is still to, that same night. This same night. Like, okay. So I went. Okay. Well, I don't really know if God exists. So why should I love God? And what what is love anyway? These are all these questions. Very questions from my head. Scientific questions. These are very, very scientific. scientific questions yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. So then I flick on to another another section of the Bible, which is one John, and there's a there's a chapter heading in in one of the letters, one John, and it just says three words: God is love. And it just clicked for me. You know how you when you're listening to beautiful music and your hairs go all tingly and that kind of that kind of thing. That that kind of moment happened for me when I read those three words: God is love. It just it just clicked because I, I didn't. I didn't know that God exists, but I knew that love exists, and I couldn't explain it scientifically. It's, it's got to be more than just chemical synapses in the brain that are there that evolved to to pass on new genes to the next generation. Uh, it's more than just poetry or roses or chocolates or, or love hearts or anything like that. Uh, and uh, and I knew that love existed, but I couldn't explain it scientifically. And here is the explanation: that that where there's love, that's where that's God. God is love. So did you? Hang on, this is probably before Google, right? So you, you couldn't research the answers or anything? You literally <laughs> just, just opened like, up literally the Literally like six months before Google. <laughs> <laughs> you just opened up the Bible to another page and that just appeared. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that seems really crazy. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. So when okay, God God is love, love exists, therefore God must exist. Um, therefore I better find out more about this guy, Jesus, who says to love your neighbor and love you as, as you love yourself and love God with everything you got. So I started going to church pretty much that weekend. Wow. 
Right. You had no hesitation to walk into a place that you'd never been to. Or uh, well, I had gone felt. as a kid. So on and off. Okay. On and off. I didn't okay. in high school because I slept in. <laughs> I, I liked my sleep. As teenagers do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I just, I just didn't attend very much. Um, but I, so I decided to go back to the church that had invested in me when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, with, with Sunday school. It turns out that uh, there was a new minister that had just started up. Um, Phil Carr and his his daughters that were were there, and they were about my age too. That we were the only ones there, and and soon Jonathan Davies, who's now minister at Seeds United Church, actually um, came from Tassie um, as a as a country kind of guy, and and uh, we started a youth group within three weeks or so. <laughs> um, I started singing at church within within two weeks of of turning up to church. Um, That's big. I was you- pretty. You've it's gone from involved. like being really, really like scientific and really testing of things to now just being like, yep, cool, that's fine. H- how did you just change so quickly? What happened? Well, I didn't, I didn't lose my questioning ability. Okay. Um, and to like, I remember early on listening to that song, uh, Jesus loves me this I know because the Bible tells me so, you know, mm. you know that song. Mm. And I remember thinking, that's a circular argument. Okay, what if you don't believe in the Bible? Does that mean you don't believe that Jesus loves you? And it's just, I, I remember thinking those sorts of thought, thoughts. Uh, so it was it was very much just like the disciples in many ways, like of uh, followers of Jesus. They take a number of years to get to understand exactly who Jesus is. And it took me a long time to to really get to know uh more and there's still so much more which is what i love about the bible actually so did you go back and continue to study so science i started reading through the bible fairly fairly heavily uh and and understanding that as much as i, I possibly could uh and talking to other people and as i said it was before google so i couldn't like look up these things <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then i was still doing my science degree so i was about you know halfway through my science degree and uh, i still love science and i still love thinking in a, in a scientific way, um, I knew that science wasn't going to give me all the answers and like about the purpose of life and those sorts of things. Uh, and that, that's why I sort of started to invest in like like youth groups and that kind of stuff uh, because I, I wanted to help people understand that there was so much more to life, that the fullness of life is, is more than just what science can offer or great musical relationships or those sorts of things. Because, uh, uh, you know, I talked about that fear before. When I started to understand this love and, the, and this concept of love and, and God's love for me and and, uh, and uh, God calling me into love for others, that fear seemed to just melt away. And I, I, it's only years afterwards that I look back and I go, hey, yeah, it disappeared. There's, I mean, the Bible talks about this heavenly peace. Uh, this sen- and I, I got this sense of peace on my life. Uh, which I hadn't ever had before. This kind of before it was just a searching and a gnawing and a kind of like a an angst about about everything that was just in the background all the time. Uh, but but suddenly I I didn't have that anymore. I had a sense of peace and and knowing that you know even if things aren't all right, things are okay. People often talk about a hole in their life that they try to fill with other things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I've I've wondered about that. Uh, I go and I kind of initially thought maybe Jesus is is or the, uh, Christianity or my my faith, which I was was growing into, was more like 
clothes on on a naked body kind of thing um or but then but then as i as i go on i don't want i don't want christianity to be like a um a wristwatch that you can take on and off so it became um yeah like a hole but i but uh, i think i think it's more the the way i like to understand it is yeah, like if you're watching this uh, on tv right now probably watching it in color not many people are watching it in black and white uh but i i see i see life going from black and white to color in in terms of watching tv kind of thing that is very good and we will be back to hear more from benji straight after this on life bus with sarah and matt <laughs> Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. You are listening to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah and and Benji. And uh, look, now by the looks of you, Benji, despite I have a feeling that this next part of your story uh, tells us that somehow you didn't drop science altogether. Well, you know, I'm actually wearing these because I've heard that you guys know talk in a way no no that's not no it's not protection this is uh so this is uh actually it's not the goggles that i wore when i was a scientist but uh it was what i could find in the dress-up box (laughs) but they're Uh, scientists do you mind if i take them off now because they're kind of hurting my eyes yeah thanks all right so um you didn't really answer that did you uh so (laughs) yes i still became a scientist so having became a christian really um, I then uh, was was still a scientist. I was I was locked into doing a science degree and then an honors degree, um, and then I, then I really had to toss up when I was doing my PhD. Um, well, before I did my PhD, whether I should keep going. So if you if you want to be a research scientist, then you've you're basically look, locking in like nine years of your life into university, uh, which wow. is which is kind of what I, I wanted to be a research scientist. Um, so that's that's what I knew was I was heading into. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get, so, so I, I ended, entered my PhD and I, I did a PhD. I would, I would love to tell you the topic of my PhD. Yeah, go for it. You, you know, are you into titles of, of, hey, is it long? Of thesis? Yeah. Go. Do it's, it. Let's go. Yeah? Okay. Go. So I was, uh, my, the title of my thesis in the end was obviously I finished, right? Um, was, uh, the, uh, trans, the mechanism of transcriptional interference in bacteriophage, no, in the transcriptional switch of bacteriophage 186 okay oh cool. i know exactly all about yeah. that that's great like, yeah well done uh, like, it was kind of on the news it was oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that <laughs> but, but uh, i would love to tell you about bacteria the world of bacteriophage so this this fascinating this is what our lab was was studying um so bacteriophage have you heard of them before have you heard of a bacteriophage no a phage okay a bacteriophage a yes okay. p-h-a-g-e is it the same word bacteriophage yes it okay it's, it's uh so I've, okay. I've got now three boys but it was one of the first words that they learned <laughs> really like, yeah. mum dad bacteriophage <laughs> yeah, of course it was yeah <laughs> that's how it went in our family um so bacteriophage uh and and I, I I ask you to Google this because they're quite cool science fictiony kind of things. So these are they have hexagonal kind of heads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they package up their RNA or DNA inside that, and a big coil and a big sort of it's all packaged up there. And then it's got this this neck that comes around there and this base plate, and then it's got these spidery legs that come out like that out of it. Okay. And that's that's it roaming around. Okay. And then it, what it does so bacteriophage obviously it's a phage means eat to fade to eat, so it eats bacteria. Okay, right. 
So it finds a bacteria, which is just like a big fat hairy sausage, mostly, okay? And they're, they're a lot bigger than, than this bacteriophage. Finds one that spider legs kind of join on, go, yep, that's the right one. And then that base plate drills a hole uh, using some kind of protein explosions and, and smashes a hole in the, the cell wall of that bacteria. And then it's like a big syringe that injects its DNA into the middle of that bacteriophage. Don't glaze over, Sarah. <laughs> this is amazing stuff. I, I, I am Get intently scared. looking at you. Okay. <laughs> still like, be like, wow. <laughs> so then this DNA uh, gets replicated like uh, about 200 times and then it starts to make neck proteins, makes head proteins and, and legs. And then uh, then it packages all together. And, and uh, there's then there's about 200 of these things inside this big sausage. And then it sends a message that the cell wall of that sausage just break apart and these go on and infect neighboring ones. Does that, how long do you reckon that would take to do that? Uh... Have a guess. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go quickly. Seconds. Oh no, sorry, not that quickly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple a of hours? A bit for you uh, <laughs> and slightly more impressive for you there, Sarah. Uh, so 20 minutes, like right. 20 minutes to do this. Okay. It's yeah, quite, okay. Um, quite amazing. That's very quick. And yeah. Amazing. Okay, it sounds like right. a like a, an Avengers movie. <laughs> it's yeah. So then these just go on and affect others. So this happens in, in our bodies. Uh, so it happens or, to bacterial cells. Okay? Yeah. So this is a, a a virus that infects bacteria. Right. Uh, but you will have them in your in your gut right now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So this is happening inside of us right now. Yeah. So there's bacteria that yeah. will be just replicating, but then there's bacterial viruses that uh, that infect these bacteria. Why? Why would you study these bacterial viruses? Because their life cycle is like 20 minutes. So it's it's easy to manipulate, change, make some do some experiments on these mm, bacterial viruses, and you can find the results really quickly. Okay. Uh, whereas if you're like I, I I looked at doing a PhD in a lab that was doing what, like wheat research, and um, you know, they've got a life cycle of, of a year kind of thing. So it takes a lot longer to do those experiments. So so these were some of the organisms that were used really early on in the 70s to help help us study genetics now so was, and that's that's what we were kind of doing in our lab get the basic concepts of how cells work and use those concepts to apply to cells like in your body and your body too okay and those who are watching yeah yeah so you're stuck at it and you eventually so stuck at it so I, I loved it quite quite enjoyed it but throughout this whole period uh so if you've ever done science science is uh, someone said to me, it's like 85% frustration and 50%, 15% elation. Mm. Or maybe it's 90, whatever stat. It's, it's very frustrating doing research mm. science because most of the time you're doing experiments and they're not working out or someone else publishes something before you get to it. Uh, it's, it can be really frustrating work. Um, but when it when it does work, it's it's you, you're going to the lab and you're thinking, I'm discovering something about the universe that no one else has discovered mm. ever before or seen seen before. It actually, so so some people took like your intro. You said science and faith, uh, and there's this kind of conception that they're polar opposites. And I can I can understand why there's one one does a really good job of the how. I think uh, Christian faith does a really good job of the why. Um, but when I was going to the lab, I felt like it was kind of like my prayer life, my worship life, my meditation, because uh, I was. Discovering something about God's universe uh, that that no one else had seen, and I, it just wowed me. It was like ah, I I stood in awe of of uh, of the creation. 
Mm. Um, and it was it was such a privilege mm. uh, to be able to do that. Um, throughout this, now it took me about four and a half years to get my PhD done, and and throughout this time, I I met Nicole at, at a um. Uh, right, no, no, no. How did you meet oh, each other? We got photo. a graduation photo mm. first. Oh yeah, so okay, that's me graduating. Yeah, well look, done. Hair's looking much better, I must say. Yeah, it's not yeah, a. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did cut it for that. Probably, probably for that. Well, your mother would have been so yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've still got that tie. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, how did you meet your now wife? Uh. So we would. Well, I got. Uh, so, uh, I. I could sing, so I, I used to sing at church. Uh, and being young, being male, being a singer, you're you're suddenly like, there's not many of you. Uh, there was there was Matt just down the road, <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's not many of you. So you get asked to do a lot of things. So I got asked to to be in the band for Kids Camp Out. Some of some of you may remember Kids Camp Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was back in the days when it was on West Beach in Caravan Park and there was like, you know, 3,000 people there. And so I was up on stage uh, singing, a great privilege to be able to do, do that. And Nicole was was one of the other singers in that, that band. So that's how I met Nicole. So why did you look at her and... Actually, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, it's a bit of a funny story there. Okay. Uh, so it was out of practice, right? Yeah. Uh, we had to... So this is a kids, kids camp thing. And um, I think the, the theme song for that year was God Make Us Strong. And uh, so we can roar like a lion and squawk like a black cockatoo, right? And because you, you get that theme song as the band and, and you're, you're, you're able to make up the actions and the noises that everyone else will follow, those 3,000 people will follow, and you're doing it for the first time. So, so we heard that, uh, that line, so squawk like a black cockatoo, and there's a bit of a break in the music. And Nicole and I both looked at each other and we both went like that and thought that was a, a great action to do. So that, that became the action for the for the theme song. And we both looked at each other and went, you thought of that same same action? You're the one. You're, yeah. <laughs> In that moment that, yeah. Wow. I thought if she can do that kind of stupid thing, then she probably thought the same as me. <laughs> <laughs> stupidity at first sight. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. Back to love again. Yeah. Yep. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Back to love. Well, yeah. this is Life First. Uh, we've got more of Benji's short story still to share, um, so stay tuned. In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects one in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a Raw Cut community service announcement. Welcome back to Life Bus with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Benji. So we know that it was love at first squawk, but did you get married? Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. And get did you married. have that theme song playing at your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but we did have one song from from KCO from uh, Kids Came Out, yeah, yeah. In God's Time, I think it was it was called Beautiful. Yeah, okay. yeah we did that. Yeah. Okay, and I think we got a photo yeah. of the we wedding. Got a photo of the wedding. Yes, we do. Yeah, that's a, at Maui United Church there, uh, and uh, various different people as as part of my the, the the troop there next to my friends and family. That's good. How special. Yeah. So where did life take you from there? You you completed a PhD and oh, well I haven't yet. I saw oh, you still. I going. didn't actually. I was still going. Uh, that was a bit of so yeah. Um, Nicole's a teacher. She's a German teacher, 
and she had she well both of I both her and I wanted to go overseas um, and and going to to the UK would probably made the most sense so she could teach there. Um, so she kind of got this this position over there overseas, but I still had to finish off my PhD. And I actually, it's when you're getting towards the end, it's it's always hard to know when to stop. And I had to had to actually change the flights about three or four times. Right. Uh, people today know what it's like to change flights all the <laughs> yeah. time, but, mm-hmm. but back then that wasn't. Was, in fact, we got to the very last moment of uh, of the last flight. It couldn't change it again without uh, a whole lot of fees. So we were, I think we we're due to leave on a Tuesday. Friday, I still had a whole a whole chapter to go, like my discussion chapter of my thesis to go. Managed to nail it in in like six hours. Get it off to to uh, about four different people that would read it. They they read it, bound it together. Um, was was able to print it off. Yeah, print it off, bind it, hand it in. Uh, Nicole packed all my bags for me, and um, then I woke I woke up pretty much after <laughs> after working pretty much four yeah. straight days, and got to the airport. Wow. Uh, and there were my friends and family there to see us off at about half an hour before we had to go. Yeah, just down the wire. Oh, but, but then I went through uh, so quite a uh, a challenging, like personally, I love being married and that was really good. So yeah, you landed in the UK and in Liverpool, was that? Uh, yep. Yeah. And no, not in Liverpool. Okay. This Liverpool eventually. So before okay. it was Doncaster in Yorkshire. Okay. Okay. So um, in Yorkshire, I just, so Nicole got a job there. Um, she was teaching, as I said, uh, but I was working uh, minimum wage actually uh, as in factory work. So I was getting £4.20 an hour. Um, which doesn't sound like much, and it wasn't very much back then either. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, one of my – so I, I would get called up um, probably at the start of the week and, and get told where I was going to be working for that week. And uh, one of those jobs, I uh, had it for about two two weeks, so we could kind of get called in to do little little jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of them was in the Vaseline Intensive Care Hand Cream Shop or factory, mm-hmm. right? And we had, we had a, a pallet of va- Vaseline Intensive Care Hand Cream, and uh, there was like six to a box. We had to rip off the top of the box, take that box, put it on an empty pallet, and repeat. And that's all we did. Yep. For that whole day, for two weeks. That was that was my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually it was quite blissful in many ways. Having done a PhD, you're like yeah, oh, intense, mm-hmm. intense, mm-hmm. intense. Yeah, to just suddenly do something that didn't require any brain knowledge at all. Mm. It was good, um, but I. For, for a, a number of years, I've been wrestling with um, my calling. Like, what am I supposed to be doing with, with life? I'm like, yes, what Jesus says about loving God with all your heart and mind and soul, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. But how how does that actually play out? What uh, Can I do that as a scientist um, or should I be something else? Um, and so there was – I remember Nicole actually wrote me a book um, of, of my life in three different parts, like a – my life in 10 years time and and on one page it was me as a scientist um studying somewhere overseas uh with my own lab another place i was um i was a presenter on play school yeah um and then another one i was a, a minister of a church um giving a sermon and uh so it was quite it's quite helpful for for me to get that you know to read through that and think <laughs> about these three options but i really wrestled with it um if you've mm-hmm. ever had a sense of wrestling with, you know, what am I supposed to do uh, with with my life? Um, you know, aside from loving God, loving and loving others, 
what does that actually mean mm. in, in terms of vocation? Uh, yeah, struggled with that. So in in uh, in Yorkshire, uh, I thought it was a great time just to really think through that a little bit more. Um, I got the results from my PhD and, and, I, and I did fairly fairly well. So I was able to get some interviews in science. Uh, ended up going to, to Liverpool. Here's the Liverpool scarf here. Yeah. So so we moved just across the other state, uh, other side of, of uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole was able to get a teaching job easily there. And I was working in nanotechnology actually there um, as, a, as a biochemist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but funnily enough, when I was there... Uh, there, the we started going to a church, which was just across the road from where Paul McCartney. So Liverpool is where yeah, the yeah. Beatles come from. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney used to sing at, a, at the church choir uh, just across the road where I, where I was going at, at Elm Hill Drive Methodist Church. Um, we would drive down Penny Lane to get there. It's it quite a, quite a cool place mm-hmm. to live. Yeah. Um, but the minister of that church, who was also the the chaplain at the at the university where I was, Liverpool University, he mm-hmm. had a PhD in biochemistry, mm-hmm. which was just like me. And so we had lots of chats. The previous guy before him had a PhD in astrophysics, uh, David Wilkinson, and he's now at Durham University. And uh, so and he became a Methodist minister. Uh, the person who was sitting next to me in the lab was someone who did youth group. So I was, I was always involved in youth ministry and those sorts of things um, and really enjoy that kind of aspect of things. So he was this other guy. He kind of dressed exactly like he was a, he was an Isle of Man version of me um, in many ways. And he never felt the call to ministry, but just to be a scientist who does ministry on the side. Uh, but but is very much a Christian through throughout his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I'd I'd always thought that basically if he showed some kind of aptitude to to ministry and to to leadership, that uh, everyone was going to pressure you to become a minister, um, just because they desperately needed people. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't anything specific about me. But meeting this other guy, um, Damien, he. He kind of, I realized, well, perhaps there is something more specific. And then talking to talking to the minister at the Methodist Church there, who was a biochemist, um, yeah, it was it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so so throughout that, like we were there for about two and uh, thought two and a half years or so. Really enjoyed it. Great place to be. Um, Nicole got pregnant, and uh, as soon as we got pregnant, actually, that's that's. Have we got time for a funny story? Of course, like always. That? Yeah, okay. So so Nicole and I, uh, we were quite like surprised at how, how quickly this, this pregnancy thing happened. And um, we, we were, uh, weren't really ready to be parents, particularly at that stage. Uh, but N- Nicole had just done the test and uh, we had choir practice to go to. Uh, like, so she did the test and it was like, oh, we just what do we do now with this information? Like you're pregnant and we're going to have a baby. And oh. uh, so we're like, well, we just have to go to choir practice. Like, <laughs> just have to pretend that nothing exists that happens. Yeah, right? yeah. Sing it out. So, uh, so there we are at our choir practice. And one of the, we're singing the Messiah. And one of the first songs in practice is for unto us, a child is born, <laughs> a son is given. And it was a son that we had eventually. Oh, there you go. And we both look at each other across the room over singing again. <laughs> Not squawking this time, but going, uh-uh. wow. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. before you move on to the next part, um, we were going to take a break and uh, and then hear a little bit of, uh, of yeah, what prompted you to go from there to where you are now. 
This is Life Verse. I'm Matt. And I'm Sarah. If you think more people should listen to this, share this podcast on social media. Welcome back to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Benji. Uh, you're in Liverpool, now you're here in Adelaide, and you've got some type of blue scarf on the yeah, table. Yes, yeah, yeah, switch so. your Liverpool scarf. Yeah, switch yeah, from that scarf. Like that. So yeah. eventually took 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 a few years to do and you know, some more processes to uh to this kind of thing. Okay. All right. What is that? But I, I don't I don't wear this that often. That so this is a United Church stole. Stole. Not a not a yeah, a, a stole. stole. It's a stole. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so that's what uh, what a minister of the United Church would wear. What's the point of a stole? Uh, you, you ask big questions. <laughs> there, okay. uh, uh, I should know that. I should, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Matthew, can you help me? Well, at, at very least, it identifies you as a, a leader, as a as a as a priest-like figure. In the church, so thank you, Matthew. That's okay. So that's it just helps people to recognise that you're a minister. So how did you? Uh, I mean, that was one of the options that was laid out for you in this uh, in it's the true. book. Yes, it was. Actually, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, the play school, play school auditions. How did they go? Uh, I did actually have. <laughs> you did have a play school, but, but I went for an audition for a kids program in the UK in the back of a taxi cab, like one of those black cab taxi cabs. They yeah. had a camera in the front, and then we were supposed to explain. Um, uh, like something of interest. So, um, I think it must have been like around the time where they were they they got that young guy that does that talks about physics and astrophysics and that kind of stuff. Uh, that he may have come out of this program. I'm not sure, but I talked about bacteriophage. I told that kind of story that you just heard there. It might work for your audiences. It didn't work for them. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but I never got a call back. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I did try a, a couple of times. I did the, try this other dancing kind of. I can't dance, but I could. I could sing. I I, I did a, like a, a Negro spiritual. I didn't really work for kids' songs, and my voice wasn't high enough for okay. uh, wiggles or. So I closed the so book on that that possibility. Yes, I did try to open it, but it just, <laughs> yes, yeah, not put like a trying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you um, found yourself uh, yeah back in Australia. How did yeah? That so so we wanted to go back to Australia because um because Nicole was pregnant and uh, the. The grandparents were here and, and great-grandparents and that kind of thing. So so we left left Liverpool as much as we really loved it. Uh, and then I made that big jump to to actually pursue a, a career in in uh, the church, in ministry. Uh, so I actually called you. I don't know if you remember That's this. That's true, yes. So before I, I left Liverpool, I, I phoned up this college in Adelaide <laughs> And they said, "Oh, you need to talk to the to the person who talks to young people," uh, which was Matt. Yeah. Uh, and I asked you about uh, what it takes to become a United Church minister and youth ministry and all those sorts of things. And you gave me some helpful information, and I booked the tickets, and we came back. Must have been helpful. It's <laughs> <laughs> all your fault. That's what I'm taking out I of this. And <laughs> it to the right person. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Okay. So you're back in Australia, and yep. what did it look like for you, just briefly? So. To, um, to- to move from there to there. So straight straight away, I went from um, so working in a lab environment to youth ministry. So I was uh, so this is my youth ministry prop. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So I would, yeah, we've got. I, a, I remember yeah. sometimes wearing this for. I don't. I don't. Is that a onesie? You're wearing it's a, a Scooby Doo onesie. I think it came out before onesies came out. Oh, but, okay. Um, so this not... was the precursor to. Okay, so it's a Scooby Doo costume. Yeah, 
<laughs> yep, slash onesie. <laughs> because we'd moved out of those dark, youthful days, and now, yeah, now, <laughs> we're now we had to wear these. We had to bring some light. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, I I did. I, I won't leave that up there. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I went from working in a lab environment to to now youth ministry. Some ways I, str- I found it quite strange. Uh, so you're in a, a big building in a Mount United Church. Um, you're there to to interact with people and to to work with people. And um, I found I had more people to interact with in a, in a lab, like a lab that's 100 people in a really kind of small, close, enclosed space. And there's some mm-hmm. this large building and there's, you know, uh, there's about six people there. And, and every, every phone call that you make, everyone's at school. So you're, you're just talking to answering machines mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, so apart from these intense times on Sundays or youth group times or, or these other times where you've got, got people there. Mm. So I found that kind of a strange environment, but eventually I've, grew into it and, and have loved it ever since. So I became a, uh, from a youth pastor, minister of the Uniting Church. That's kind of a long process. Uh, I was called to to uh, to be a minister at Port Lincoln Uniting Church. Great, great church there, Unity Hill. Uh, we loved being in Port Lincoln, and that's where where we sort of increased our family, passed on our genes to the next generation, yes, yes. <laughs> but in a more meaningful way. <laughs> And uh, and there's there's probably a photo of our, our family there. We've got three boys now. One of them was born in in Port Lincoln. Uh, you were a minister just just near there, neighbouring town. Yeah, yeah neighbouring yeah. town. Uh, and then after about eight years there, which we loved, we we then got called to a Burnside City Uniting Church, mm. which is just just down the road here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow, what a journey! A journey. Uh, and and uh, it does mean though that uh, you are now Reverend Doctor, doesn't it? You've got yes. To... Through all that, I, I had a few name changes, yeah. or auditions. Yes, uh, a Reverend Doctor. So, yeah. which does sound pretty impressive. <laughs> I kind of only use it if I'm writing maybe something for a, a young person. That, you know, they, they need someone impressive to, <laughs> yes, to, so to write something impressive for them. And just quickly, a really short answer, but um, have you found that in your role you're able to live out those those commandments, those things that you thought, this gives me purpose, to yeah, love God, definitely. to love others? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, like I, I remember there was a, a moment in Liverpool when I was I was working, I was helping out with the youth group and I had, had a great conversation with someone at youth group about about life meaning life and all those sorts of things i'm able to share a bit of that story um and that was about the same day that i really got a, a good publication for my phd from from a science stuff mm-hmm. and I was, I was on top of the grain for the science um but i got more excited about these these one-on-one conversations about what the meaning of life is mm-hmm. and that was that was enough for me to go okay i, I think i know where i i need to head so in the final two minutes of our show, if you had one piece of advice to share with our listeners, what would that be today, Benji? Well, it would be to live life. Now, I'm going to look straight down there. Is that right? Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, to live down. life to the full. That uh, life is so much more than than passing on your genes to the next generation, than, uh, than what you read on gift cards and those sorts of things, and that there is there's so much more to life. Uh, live life in... Not in black and white, but in colour. We watch the full. Beautiful. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Renji, for coming in on the show today. Oh, it's been so great. Thank you for having me here and, and for 
She said, letting me share my story. Thank you. Thanks and, for bringing in some. All those people that stayed to the end and listened, you know, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Always good to hear a story. But thanks thanks for sharing yours. You. This is Life Bursts and uh, you can catch up with us wherever your podcasts are uh, distributed. You can be <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, Facebook. You know, Sarah knows where Please you can find stop. us. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts from, from Facebook and YouTube and, of course, on community television and radio radio as well. This has been Life Bursts. I'm Sarah. And I'm still Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman with production by Reese Jarrett and Kay Hoshra Ozadigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a Rawcut production.